From Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Miriam from NextGenU.org at the Frank Foundation. Miriam, it's really nice to have you on. It's great to be with you, Brad. Absolutely. I'm really excited for today's discussion. So to kick us off, would you be able to tell me just a little bit about yourself as well as about your organization? Sure. So my name is Miriam Chickering. My background is in nursing education and nursing management. About 10 years ago, I started a nonprofit called Nurses International, and we provide nursing education in about 140 countries. And then in 2019, I came to the Frank Foundation, and now I'm the Chief Executive Officer at the Frank Foundation. I love it. Amazing story. So how did you get into this? What's your story? Maybe a little more elaborated. What's the path to get here? We moved to a tiny little town in the Midwest, and I just wanted to help out our local nursing program. So I actually volunteered to tutor some of the nursing students, and I got offered a job, which was completely unexpected. I was just there to help out as a volunteer. And very shortly thereafter, I started teaching, and I realized that I had all of the tools in front of me to teach not only my 20 students, but really every nursing student on the planet. And then I thought, why do we have hundreds of nursing programs just in Iowa alone that it's replicating all of this work? And it just seems like a huge glitch or waste in the system, huge lack of efficiency and or an opportunity, maybe an opportunity to create efficiency so that those public funds could be used instead to focus the, the resources on actual clinical judgment versus continuously turning out the same content for those students over and over again. And so once that clicked for me, that the tools, we really had the tools to create tremendous efficiencies in the education sector, I decided to put all of my focus on that because there's a lot of inequities in the United States, but also globally that are completely unnecessary. And all of the technology, the human resources, they're all in place to solve a lot of our existing problems. And so that's what I decided to do for the next 10 years is to make headway on solving those issues. Absolutely. I love that. So can you just, for a full understanding here, explain like the problem that you guys are addressing and then your solution and how it works in your space and, you know, how your education program works? Sure. So if we just focus on the healthcare sector, the World Health Organization projects a shortage of between 10 to 15 million healthcare workers by 2030. And that is probably... That data is from 2019, so since the pandemic, we probably have an even greater projection now because we lost so many healthcare workers during the pandemic. And what we really want to do is enable every single learning institution on the planet to train their healthcare workers with a high standard, high quality, 
and when possible, increase those cohort sizes and the number of programs overall so we don't have that health worker shortage. Absolutely. I'm really curious to hear about the journey of building this organization. So what are like some of the things that that you've done to be successful here? And maybe what advice do you have when it comes to building something out there? What are some of the lessons learned and all that sort of thing? Well, I tend to get way too far into the weeds, so I'm going to try not to do that. But I find that the most important pieces are the most in the weeds pieces. So it's little things like I'm spending eight hours hyper-focused on solving the problems of the broken links in our courses and then building a bot that's connected to the Wayback Machine that's part of the Internet Archive uh, with the IT team in India at four in the morning here in the U.S. so we can solve those kinds of problems. And I think that's the key is you have to be willing to If you don't know how to build a website, you've got to figure it out. If you don't know how to code, sometimes you have to learn to code. If you have a problem in your stack, you have to go figure out what is a stack and how do I fix that problem? And sometimes you you have to go find the people who can help you. And that can be challenging because it's a global marketplace now. And so sometimes the people who can help me, it's a person in Nepal or the Philippines or Bolivia, it might not be a person in the United States, it might not be a person who speaks the same language that I do, but finding that person who can help and help me get the answer on the budget that I have, that's the exciting piece and that's the challenge. That's really cool. I love the approach to you know building this team everywhere. I'm actually in the Philippines today, so it's very cool what you're doing. Uh, how has that gone? How have you gone about building your team? And- What's the story of that? It sounds like you have folks you work with from all corners of the world. Yeah, I think building the team is one of the pieces that brings me the most joy. A lot of it is very organic. So for example, we had the privilege of starting a master's in health, a master's in public health program at a medical school in the South. And the founding dean of that program, she retired and now she works with us. She's, she works for us as a consultant. We have former students who graduated and now they work for us. We work with partners who work with consultants and then we hire their consultants and their consultants still do work for both clients. But I just, I love the fact that the people who use our products, the people who partner with us long-term, they want to become part of our team. And every time we bring in one of those people to the team that is a huge supporter, they bring in their whole network. And so that's the way that you build that network. And then more practical way when you're just starting out is Facebook, Google Ads, LinkedIn, all of those tools that are available to everyone. And initially, before we got a little more, our team grew a little bit, I had to target countries where I understood what people were saying to me. And now I don't have to do that so much, but at first I had to do that. I think that was a big piece. Another piece was we had to work really hard at the beginning to put strong policies in place to allow us to hire people's friends and family. 
when you're just starting out and we we grew very quickly from a team of three to a team of 40 in about 18 months, which is pretty quick for a nonprofit. And it was because of the pandemic. Our usage went up about 10 times at least in the matter of about two or three months. And we had to accommodate that. And we were in, we were trying to help about half of the U.S. medical schools provide emergency education to their students. I'm not promoting these types of growth practices if you have time and you're not in in an emergency education situation. But when you are, there still are ways to take on those challenges and to really do it in ways that are still healthy and can promote the long-term growth and development an arc of your company overall while you're still meeting that acute need. Absolutely. Yeah, that's quite amazing. 10 times in a few months. So it's quite a quite an increase. Yeah, we were getting up at 4 a.m., working until 11. I would get up at two to check on the team on the other side of the planet. And um, we had to do that for months because we had medical students, nursing students, all over the world that had transferred to our platform because of the pandemic. And what's been really exciting is post-pandemic, even while most of these programs have gone back to in-person, our usage hasn't really dropped off. We had a little bit of a dip, but it's already coming back. And I'm really proud of our team. I think that shows the resilience of the team and also the quality of the work, because I think when you are growing that fast, you're, especially in the education sector, we're always hyper-focused on quality and standards and meeting those standards. And so we wanted to ensure that that we were meeting them. And the best way to know that you're meeting those standards are, do your stakeholders come back for more? Do your learners want more? And are those administrators, faculty, are they working with you, coming to you? Can you add this? Let's switch. Let's make an adjustment here. And then are you able to really rapidly respond to that? Um, We had some, we had a lot of contracts during the same period. So right in the middle of the pandemic, while we had this tremendous growth doing our core operations, we also had a lot of contracts for some key players in the global the global education nonprofit sector. And there were challenges there too, as well. And I remember we were doing one contract and I suddenly realized I had to hire an entire team. I had to hire like a whole team just for that contract, but it was our third contract with that partner. They were so gracious. They worked with us The project turned out beautifully. We actually got two hires out of that project and it was a fantastic project for the client as well. But I think when you look at those challenges of like, how do we scale? How do we meet the acute needs where they're at? There are ways to do that, that leave your company at the end of that acute need with a lot of holistic growth that lets you move into the future with integrity. Absolutely. So, you know, jump into the next topic here. Let's talk about LinkedIn content, YouTube, all this stuff. I know you've done a bit of this. Uh, how does that fit into what you're doing and maybe some of the strategy of the organization you've built? 
So I would say the most relevant one for us was face is Facebook still. Believe it or not, we get, we do a lot. We do a lot of, we just get a lot of interaction there. We also use LinkedIn quite a bit as well, both, especially for hiring. It's really great for hiring. And then YouTube, we really just use YouTube to host a lot of our videos for our content and our courses. Yeah, we've been, to be completely transparent, we've been so focused on producing our products that are being used in learning institutions that are are sharing our story or uh, promoting our work. That hasn't been our focus really at all. We do have a promotions team and they're learning and growing, but we've been hyper-focused on just meeting the needs of our, our learners. And I'm hoping that this year we'll be able to shift because we've built a lot of the core and that we'll be able to do more dissemination of our work. That's how researchers talk about it is dissemination. But if you're in marketing, you say it's marketing. And so what we really want, our sort of our vision for our promotions team is we want people who need our product to be able to access it so that they can increase the quality of education for healthcare workers. And eventually that gets to the patients. We want to reduce suffering. And what we do is really about the desire to improve the health of the world and reduce needless suffering globally. Absolutely. What's one thing you wish you would have known when you first became the CEO that you know now? That I always need to be more patient than I anticipate needing to be. I love it. What is one piece of advice that you'd give to your industry as a whole? think maybe like your students, your customers, like everyone out there, what do you want them to know? I would like other foundations and nonprofits to know that when they're grant making and their grantees are producing a product, that they need to ensure that product is accessible to others in the same sector over long periods of time. So that work can be iterative and collaborative over an industry and over a long period of time. So we don't have to keep reproducing what's already been done. And we're just wasting an enormous amount of resources and assets in a completely unnecessary and frankly disgusting way. Absolutely. Miriam, it's been amazing to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining today and sharing all your wisdom and insights. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Brad.